Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato with the lovely and talented and always appreciated Mary Gamba, our executive producer and co-anchor. What are you shaking your head for? You're just, I, I love your introductions. I, I want to put just a whole reel together of your uh, 10 to 20 second introductions. My titles change, the descriptions change. You didn't comment on my blouse. Oh wait, you commented on that. I did that on another show. Uh, okay, we should let people good. know we take many shows in one day. Mary does, Mary's like Diana Ross back in the day or Cher. <laughs> She's got all these costume changes. I just changed my tie and my shirt. I'm not sure. Ira, but show Ira on the screen, our good friend Ira Robbins, who's the president and CEO of uh, Valley Bank. Ira, are you there, buddy? I am. Now I'm jealous I'm not wearing a tie or maybe No, I no, no. You, you can pull it off. I told Ira he pulls this off well. I could not. <laughs> Young CEO that he is. And the open collar works. Ira, I was getting some heat for this collar because it was said that it was a little bit good fellow-ish. What do you I, think? I think you need a pocket uh, a scarf there as well. Steve, I mean, you, you got to get up with the times. Come on. <laughs> He's hurting me already. That's what happens when you're friends. Hey, by the way, a formal introduction, Ira Robbins, president and CEO of Valley Bank. Um, it's great to have you with us again. And by the way, to the folks at Valley Bank who not only support, they're, I think, the first sponsor of Lessons in Leadership, but they're also a major underwriter of our public broadcasting work. So they're very committed to making a difference in the community. And God, do they support a whole range of not-for-profits. Ira, by the way, why is supporting not-for-profits and being involved in the community a big part of leadership? Well, I think when you step back and from a values perspective, and then I jump into the leadership perspective, understanding what your value proposition is as an organization is critical to your success. And for Valley, there are 5,500 other banks in the entire country. So what is our value proposition? How are we different? And our connectedness to our communities, our connectedness with our customers, our connectedness with our employees, that's what really drives the differentiation and how we think about our communities is really impactful with regard to our value proposition. So as an organization, it's critical that we understand our community's needs. As a leader, I think it's just as critical. You know, if I was to sit as CEO of another organization, the, the initiatives, the drive, the focus that we would have, I would imagine would, would be very different if I was to be connected with the community. So for us yeah. to stay present within the communities is critical. It's not just giving money, but it's the volunteer that we do, the engagement that we do, and really trying to understand what the communities need. But by the way, Mary, real quick, can we do this other than Valley Bank? Ira, do you mind if we thank our other sponsors during your segment? Definitely. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary, real quick. Sure. So thank you, of course, Ira and Valley Bank. We also have Gibbons. We have Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Seton Hall University, and the Bassino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, and the New Jersey Sharing Network. The Organ and Tissue Donation Organization. Ira, let's do this. Last time you were with us was early on in the pandemic. We're taping on actually December 1st uh, in 2020. It'll be seen after that. We talked a lot about pivoting, innovating, dealing with uh, PPP, the payroll protection uh, program, and the role that Valley was playing in that. I'll disclose that we were recipients, and Valley was the bank who had made that happen on our end, the money coming from the federal government through Valley. Long story, long way to get to this question. We talked about the biggest leadership lesson you had learned at the time. What is it now? I think a lot's changed uh, as the country's evolved, as many of the people that have been impacted by COVID has changed. But from a leadership perspective, I think understanding the importance of, of your team uh, becomes critical and the capabilities that your team has during, during this process. And the importance of making sure that you have the right team uh, is, is, is really critical. 
I would say, you know, the other important piece becomes the purpose and aligning purpose of an organization with its employees to un for, for not just for a shareholder to understand, but for your employees to understand what the purpose of that organization is, in my mind, has never been more critical. And, and we've been able to really see the benefits through this whole PPP process, as well as everything that happened with COVID. And then thirdly, I would say communication and, and making sure that we do a really strong job communicating with our employees and being honest with them, transparent with them, uh, being engaged in, and having empathy as to what they're all dealing with. You know, we have uh, employees that have been horribly impacted by COVID. We had one employee who lost her mother, father, and brother within one week. Uh, for me to sit here and act like I have an absolute understanding or any understanding as to what that feels like uh, would just be total nonsense. We have other employees that haven't been impacted by it at all, and, and they're critical as to uh, what the governor has done and what some others have done. And, and, and it's important for an entire organization to really understand that we are an organization of 3,165 people, not just one people, not just one person. Before I have Mary jump in, I'm going to ask you something. Um, we do leadership development. We have a uh, Valley Leadership Academy that uh, Mary and I, together with Yvonne, um, and a, uh, who leads up the HR team, um, did you have a great HR team, a leadership development team? But I want to ask you something. Some people believe that leadership development and developing future leaders takes a vacation during COVID, you say? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> right, no, but I, Ira, it's not about our business. There have been some of our clients and others who aren't our clients who have said, listen, we can't be thinking about leadership development right now. We have to pay our bills. We have to keep our operation going. We can't develop future leaders, and we can't invest a penny in it. By the way, I said, do it internally. Don't use us. Do it internally. No, you don't. We don't know. It's not a priority. We're doing triage. You say? If you're an organizational one, that's a great philosophy. If you're an organizational <laughs> one, then it's a horrible philosophy. There's never, there's never a more important time from a leadership perspective to make sure that you have the right leaders in place and to make sure that they're connected uh, with everyone across the entire organization. And, and once again, I think it goes back to purpose and making sure your leaders understand what the purpose is of your organization, but not just what your organization is, what the purpose of their employees are and make sure that they're aligned. And if they're not aligned, uh, then you're never gonna succeed in what your individual goals are or what your corporate goals are. Yeah, by the way, Mary, jump in, but I wanna also thank Jake who heads up the talent operation at Valley as well, who's been not only part of the leadership development, uh, leadership academy, but now is developing and shaping with Yvonne and Ira and, his, and their team at Valley what that academy is. By the way, we've pivoted big time from when we started, what the curriculum was, to what it is now. And the reality of this pandemic has caused a lot of that. Go ahead, Mary. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting, Ari. You talk about uh, just in the few weeks and months since we last spoke, how much has changed. And obviously, we all know on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, everything is going to continue to change and evolve. How do you manage the level of fear, uh, not only your own fear, but also the fear on behalf of your team and uncertainty of really not knowing what tomorrow or a week from now or what 2021 is going to hold? How do you manage that? I remember uh, we spoke about this in one of our, our town halls uh, early on in the process. And, and I think my father told me once, you know, fear is nothing more than an acronym of false emotions appearing real, right? And, so say and that again, what you do, say, do the acronym again. False emotions appearing real. And I think when you, you break it down from that perspective and try to have a different lens as to what you're looking at from a, a broader perspective or from somebody else's perspective, 
uh, I think it, it makes it something that you can really uh, achieve as opposed to being, uh, you know, reacting to it. You know, I think when we look at, at what happened with COVID in, in our organization, right, it talks to the foundation as to what your organization is. Reality is from a strategic planning perspective, from a strategic initiative perspective, it's the ability to adapt. It's the ability to be agile. It's the ability to be flexible. And, and those are the core principles that an organization needs. When you look at the strategy that we put in, uh, in place, you know, there's external events that are always gonna drive whatever strategic initiatives that we have, but it's how quickly can we pivot, just like you've done, you know, to make sure that you're able to achieve whatever that value proposition is to what are your purpose is and your purpose from an organization perspective and your purpose, once again, from your employees and the ability to pivot and that mindset should be something in my mind that overtakes fear. Follow up, Mary. By the way, uh, Mary, are you curious about that jersey over Ira Robbins' <laughs> right shoulder? You because Mary's an obsessed hockey fan. Ira's very connected in his family to hockey. W what's the jersey, Ira? So I lost a bet uh, three years ago when we merged with the bank uh, down in, in Tampa, and the Devils were playing Tampa uh, Lightning in the first round of the playoffs. Tampa unfortunately won, the Devils lost. So I had to wear a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey in the office for a day. But I decided to put New Jersey Devils on the back of the Lightning jersey in the number one. <laughs> so to That get is fantastic. Mary, talk about innovating. So Ira, always a guy, he's, it is not, but by the way, I want to be clear, Ira does not have a gambling problem as a CEO of a bank, that's important, everyone knows. But the other thing is, he's a man of his word. So if he lost the bet, he would keep his word, but he innovated and he pivoted Right, Iron, you made it into something positive. So during our Imagine meeting, which I was supposed to wear the jersey, I wore the jersey backwards at least so they could see where, where my loyalties lie. <laughs> so two out of the three of us are big Devils fans. Uh-oh. No, I'm with the Rangers. Sorry. Mary, go ahead. Oh. I think, I think and Mary, I was gonna, oh, go ahead, Ira. I'm sorry. I think that it should just be an interview with you and I now, Mary, and we should get rid of the other person. <laughs> We're slowly working toward that, Ira. I, I think I'm getting, you know, nice training, and pretty soon we'll just get rid of him, and it'll just be me. So give us like a horse that they who's run the last race, Ira. You hey, Ira, young guys like you, young people like Mary. You're saying guys like me, our days are numbered. Thank you, Ira. Great leadership <laughs> trait on yours. You're supposed to be motivating me. You got to dress the part. The way. You got to dress the part first, and then we can have it. You don't like this? <laughs> it's, uh, it's too uptight, apparently, for Ira. Go ahead. Right, come on, Steve. <laughs> you don't like this? All right, that's it. I'm taking the... Uh, Mary, hold on. Go ahead. Oh, no. Are you seriously? Oh, this is, this is happening, Ira. This is really happening. There you go. Mary, I'm ready. This is the pivot. This is the All moment right. the... Uh, you could tell we own this show, and we don't really answer to anyone, <laughs> because we just do what we want. Go ahead, I'm Mary, I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. Well, ironically, I was just about to shift gears into the whole mental health and well-being during <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, you beginning to undo your tie just was a perfect segue. So bravo all there. Right, Mary. I look um, like a lounge singer at the end of the night. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So Mary, Ira, I'm sorry. Steve and I always talk about the connection between just our physical well-being, taking care of ourselves, exercising, eating right, and just making sure to take the time for ourselves. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how do you encourage your team to do that so this way when they are at the office or at home working from home, they can be 100%? Yeah, I think that that separation is really important. And obviously, as you look at, at COVID and the impact of it, uh, people working nonstop and, and that 
doesn't last forever. And the mental strain that comes with it uh, is definitely not healthy for anyone. So we've obviously encouraged that. We've, had, we've given seminars internally to our uh, staff about uh, the importance of mental health, the importance of, of things that are non-bank related and just what that separation is. And I think part of the challenge as you go through COVID is those social interactions that many of us have, you don't get the opportunity to have today. So it's a responsibility for Valley and for other employers to really step in and provide that uh, outsourced or that that alternative that really doesn't exist today. So we've been very focused on having Zoom meetings that are not sort of Valley related or not work related at, at, at all to really- well, What's the agenda, Ira? Anything, right? So it, we've talked about uh, mental health, we've talked about cancer, we've talked about all sorts of other things that, that people would be focused on. Um, that maybe they, they don't have the opportunity to really uh, in, intentionally focus on. So if they're not going to do it, we're going to do it for them. I, I have a good I have a good follow up question. Do you talk about what shows they may be binge watching? And if so, is there a show right now that oh. you are binge watching that you would like <laughs> to share with everyone else? So I'm not much of a TV guy, to be honest with you. If you have uh, because he's running a successful bank. oh come on. <laughs> So let's see, I, I, at, at 10 o'clock last night, I watched How the Universe Works on, uh, on Science Channel. I love that. That's those a be, great, great Those thing. would be my channels uh, that I sort of watched and nothing too uh, exciting there. But no, I mean, to your point though, Mary, a lot of the engagement that our, our leadership team has had, which we've encouraged, has been through social uh, hours. Um, sometimes there's wine involved, sometimes there isn't. But, but we've given training, back to your point, from a leadership development perspective as to how leaders need to engage in this environment and the importance I was gonna write. of having Zoom meetings that aren't necessarily focused on work and what those look like. I remember uh, our retail head had a, a Zoom meeting once where he had a cabaret singer come in. So we've had a bunch of different things uh, across the entire organization. And by the way, an, an, an effective and successful organization isn't where Iris thinking of these things, but we have empowered employees with an understanding that these things are acceptable and appropriate and let them lead in the manner that they want to lead. Hold on, Ira. I was about to let you go, but now I can't. By the way, one series I'm watching on that, other than watching PBS most of the time, yes. and News 12 as well, of but, um, but heavy on PBS because PBS is the best. But the other thing is this, on Netflix, you heard of that little company that Blockbuster said now will pass in 2000, and we're like, no, we, you know, because Blockbuster was a real trailblazer. Um, I'm sorry. Innovator die. So there's a series on Netflix that one of my Nick Greco, my good friend, our attorney, turned me on to this. Uh, it's called Kingdom. It's all about uh, mixed martial arts. Um, you can see this face; it's never been hit by anyone. But I'm into the training, and I got to tell you, this is a great series, four seasons. Scarlett, do you know this one? It's called Kingdom. It's called Kingdom. Check it out. It's tremendous. That's it. I'm not plugging anymore. Are we ready for this? Before I let you go. Two things. Ira was talking about face-to-face -face communication. Ira and I, he may not remember this, but one of the last really great, we could have lunch on a regular basis, but haven't since this terrible situation. We had lunch somewhere, and I remember Ira, we were brainstorming about leadership development and brainstorming about a lot of things. I can't even tell you, there's a point to this, trust me, how many really innovative, creative approaches to developing a curriculum for the Leadership Academy. Then we went back with Yvonne and, and Jake and others and developed it. A lot of that came from Ira. Ira, I'm not convinced we could have done that as comfortably and as effectively on Zoom. I know you have to deal with it, but there is nothing like sitting across from each other. Am I making too much of it, Ira? No, I think it's 100% right. And at some point, we're going to have to figure out how we balance the risk with the importance of the engagement and the importance of connectivity and what those relationships look like. 
uh, you can have a virtual culture for a period of time. You can't have a permanent virtual culture. Uh, we assume Say that part again. You, have a you can have a virtual culture for a temporary period of time, but you can't have a permanent virtual culture. And as human beings, we strive for social interaction. And for us to think that technology is gonna make that void and disappear, we're kidding ourselves. Wow. Hey, Ira, I know that I'm, I was supposed to be your coach years ago, and then you, you went way, no, 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 you're way past that. Um, but, but I will say one thing about Ira, other than being a friend and a great supporter of what we do, one of the chapters in Lessons in Leadership, you will see my book subtly right there. You see it? It's over here for me. <laughs> the, by the way, Mary hid hers. I just want to say that. It's right there. I'm pointing to it. Yeah, well, it's not it's out there right enough. But, but here's there. my point. Uh, by the way, Ira and the team went through a whole rebranding. So trust me, I'm into branding. But here's the point about Ira. That's one of the chapters in Lessons in Leadership that the greatest leaders are lifelong learners. It's not a cliche. It's a way of living your life. One of the things I've known about Ira for a long time since I met him well over a decade ago is he, he's obsessed with getting better. I'm sure he did that as a wrestler back in the day, right? <laughs> always getting better. And if you're not always getting better, you're going backwards. And that these are not just cliches. They're very real. And so for all the people watching right now who say, listen, I'm already where I want to be. Well, you're going backwards already because either you're developing and growing and improving and trying new things or you're not. Hey, Ira, thank you for being with us. As always, we learned from you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, Mary, for having me. It was awesome. By the way, see this look? That's because Ira called me out on it. <laughs> and by the way, next time you see me, Ira, you think I could pull it off? I think you're there, man. It's going to cover up some of the, the uh, boxing as well, though, Steve, or uh, the mixed martial arts, yeah. whatever you're doing. So keep it up. <laughs> that's, uh, no, I'm hitting a bag that's not hitting me back. Hey, um, <laughs> listen, thanks, Ira. Thanks, Mary. We'll be right back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Hey, welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Tyless. By the way, Ira Robbins, love Ira, but he guilted me. He said I, he didn't like my look, so he threw my tie away for this show, Mary. I, I tell you, that is a first for Lessons in Leadership, but I like the direction that we're going in, especially uh, in this world today, we could all use a little bit more laughter. You know, speaking of, we're talking about motivating people. I just want to be clear. Um, you've lost more than a few pounds, right? Yes, I have. Yes, more than 20 pounds. Right. And Scarlin, who's behind the camera, is always like shredded. He's doing like drinking some protein thing, constantly working out. And Elvin's always taking care of himself. Um, Frank, on the audio end, had some, I don't even want to know about the plan he's on, but he's lost a lot of weight. And I said, hey, guys, can you see I dropped about eight pounds in the last few weeks? And Frank just straight away said... Nope. No, <laughs> we see nothing. Thanks, Frank. You hurt me, my man. Is he on camera? No, I don't know. Well, could he come on camera? He can't come. That's right. I don't care because he hurt me. Now yeah. he's never getting on camera. Um, oh, now there he comes. is. Hey, Frank, seriously. Seriously. You hurt me. Yeah, but look at Frank, Steve. Frank, I mean, I, I wish we could show a before and after. Frank, you look really good. You look oh, really, really you, good. Barry. How thank much you. have you lost? I have... Uh, it's 20, 
to the, today it's 23 pounds. Wow. So this, let me ask you something. This COVID-15 that everybody's talking about, it doesn't have to be, does it, Frank? Uh, it doesn't have to be. Um, but, you know, listen, it's, it's tough to be at home and have access. I think, I, I mean, I think it's, um, it's harder in the workplace day to day, but it, it's, it's not easy at home either. It's, there's a discipline all the way around. Yeah, but you got to do it. And I got to tell you something, I'm not getting into a whole health thing right now, because that's, you can find other shows for that. But I will say this, when it's connected to leadership, I really believe this. If you do not take care of yourself, if you're carrying a lot of extra weight, if you're not doing the right things, you will be less effective, less sharp as leader. Mary, speaking about guys in great shape, other than Frank and Elvin and Frank, and excuse me, Scarlett and you, real quick, uh, Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk, set it up, go. He's got, oh, I'll tell you, he is an entrepreneur. He uh, just deals with adversity. He pivots on a dime. If there's a challenge, he overcomes it. Uh, he is CEO of, and I'll probably say this wrong, VaynerMedia. Is that right? Yes, VaynerMedia. Nice. And chairman of VaynerX. And he is just an inspiration to anyone out there in any field. And his energy is just contagious. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. We're going to end the show with our great friend, Gary V. Check it out. We're honored to be joined once again by um, Gary Vanderchuk, who is a CEO of VaynerMedia, chairman of VaynerX. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. One of my favorites of all time, Gary. You recognize <laughs> that? You. I sure do. You're very kind. Gary, you know, one of the things that's always struck me about you is your confidence. And uh, no matter what, I've seen you in all kinds of forums. You get asked challenging questions. I've seen you in media situations. You've been with us so many times. In this time of this global pandemic, with so much uncertainty and fear, are you afraid? And if so, of what? Only only from my parents or loved ones or loved ones of people I love getting sick. Not from a business standpoint, Steve, mainly on the back of, you know, I feel confident in my craft. You know, as a young man, I go into my dad's liquor store business in Springfield, New Jersey, and 9-11 happens immediately. Boom, punch in the face, you're, you're you know, 25 year old, you gotta navigate this business. You know, 2008 was really rough. At this mm. point, you know, I, I feel confident in my capabilities. And I think really to go even deeper into the psychology of it, I think a lot of us in society need to be comfortable with the step back. And let me explain to that. There's sure. a lot of people watching right now that actually should sell their home or turn in their car or not buy the new pair of Jordans or not go to the same resort this holiday season if they were allowed COVID, blah, blah, blah. I think the thing that has enabled me to fear less and have more confidence is I'm okay if the game that I love, entrepreneurship, if I go cold in it and have to actually take the massive humility pill of going backwards to go forward again. And I believe at this point in my life, the thing that I've assessed is a lot of people are just petrified of a step backwards, mainly uh, because of the judgment of loved ones and society. And so for me, that has kept me confident and lacking fear, even during times like this. To me, it's my great-grandmother, you know, I was born in the Soviet Union. My great-grandmother, like old school character. It was just basically very simple. You can have anything you want, but if you don't have health, all of it doesn't matter. And that was ingrained in me. And I live that way. Is You know, I am scared because this is a health crisis, but if we're talking in the context of entrepreneurship or the framework of the question, 
no, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of VaynerMedia and VaynerX and all these things go out of business. I'll, I'll go back into the dirt. You know, I wonder, because I have 15 years or more on you, for those of us who are older, considerably older than you, do you understand the fear that some folks have that you have all those years ahead of you and you can reinvent yourself? You have, you will. You did after 9-11. You did after um, the horrific situation of the recession. Do you understand older folks feeling more fearful or you don't buy the age thing? Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm very practical. So older folks, I'm, you know, I at 59, listen, I actually believe in my 80s and 90s, there's, I'm going to be a different version of myself because to your point, I use the optimism of time. I don't think like a tree is going to fall on me or things right. of that nature. I buy it if someone is 80. If someone's 65, I try to, I have a lot of contemporaries, friends, uh, 65 feels awfully young to me. I feel like there's time in that decade or two ahead. I also will say this, we have to make saving money cool again. You know, like, like you know, there's always circumstances. There's a lot of people who don't right. want to take a step back because they just want to live fancy. That's different than somebody who's 72 and has zero money to their name. You know, so I think it's circumstantial. And I do think that you have to have empathy that when you have more time, you do have more chance to rebuild. At the same token, we need to change the conversation of credit and savings and go a little more old school. If you're watching right now, whether you're 22 or 82, saving a percentage of money for a rainy day is something we have to bring back. It's completely lost in society. You know, it's interesting. You've used the term uh, step back several times. But at the same time, in, in my work, and I've taught you know about the work I do around leadership development, a big theme, and also with our broadcasting, innovation. We're yes. innovating in this way. If you look at what we did in March, it doesn't look nearly as good as it does now because the camera is better, the lighting is better. We're innovating, and we're not the only ones. All, everyone in the media and other industries as well. But here's my question. How do you, quote, take a step back while at the same time never stop innovating and being creative and moving forward. Is that a contradiction paradox or what? It's a great question. When I talk about step back, I talk about injecting humility into the mindset of, hey, this may require this. In action, in action, it's three steps ahead to your point. I mean, you know, to me, I'm mentally prepared if things get incredibly scary, while in action, I'm recalibrating our real estate strategy for next year. Do we need that many offices? I'm, you know, our production facility, to your point, same as this. Yep. We've become unbelievably efficient in this environment. So I've said step back, but please make sure everybody who's listening understands I'm talking about humility. And then as far as action and operations, I'm talking about encompassing new behavior. I've had restaurant friends where I'm like, hey, like, I've been telling you about Uber Eats and Postmates for six years. You've said, I don't need that. I've been in the neighborhood for 29 years. Well, here's why. Doing the right COVID thing. COVID is why. Correct. COVID is why. Correct. And I say to them, look, I didn't know COVID was coming, but I definitely know that not betting on what's happening with consumers always leaves you vulnerable. You know, it's, Gary, I'm going to take you back as young as you are to research in motion. Parent company of BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. And I remember interviewing 
the CEO at the time of Research in Motion. And I'll never forget, he said to me, we were talking about where they were in the marketplace. And then you're talking to somebody who was one of the last people that had a Blackberry, right? <laughs> I was one of the last, right? I'll talk about old school. I'll never forget, he said to me, well, you think people are going to want to take pictures on their phone? Are you serious? And Kodak saying the same thing. And he was convinced at the time that Research Emotion as the parent company of BlackBerry, they had all the apps they needed. They had everything they needed. Technology was right. Now, Apple's doing what Apple was doing. And Research Emotion, BlackBerry, seriously? My point is this. For people who think, I got it. We've got the formula. Status quo is the plan. That's lunacy. It's not only that, it's audacity and it's selfish mind, you know, strategy. What I mean by that is I'm always on to what humans are doing, not what's good for me. I've seen too many companies go out of business with the way that that person was talking to you, which is I want it to sit <laughs> this way because it's good for my business. I wish you, your family, your company, um, not just success, but even more important than that, to stay safe, be well, and and, and thank you so much, Gary. All the best. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you, pal. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Gary Vanderchuk. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ On Air, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.